0: everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to the Old Testament, to 2 Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 1. I'd also love it if you would find a place that you can mark some dates down. I sometimes always fear that when someone is expressing some opportunities, if you will, to to be able to be engaged, that I wonder how many times they go in one ear and out the other, And, and we don't even realize in a moment that we can miss. I think about the fact that we're on an anniversary of 21 years ago, an event that significantly changed our world. I think we would say that. There's in a moment you walk in an airport, you're not reminded of that, that day, that tragedy. The sadness about that was was the Sunday following 9-11, attendance in churches were recorded. Never in history did we see such a rise in people hungry for something that it seemed, if you will, to pull some deep, deep inner, I'd like to say, uh, our image that we're really exposed in a good way that we are frail and how quickly things can change. And so people rush to the church. But the sadness was the very next Sunday, everything went back to normal. There wasn't even a bump. It wasn't that churches now have a little more coming. It just went right back to the very numbers that they knew prior to. And I think that's a Sadness that a moment would change us in a very negative way, it had the possibility and the power to change us in a very significant, healthy way, and we missed it. And so I want you to know when these things are offered to you, I believe that these are incredible moments that we have, that if we're not careful, that we we can hide behind the fact that God is a God of second, third, and fourth chances, amen? The sadness is, is we don't actually preach to the fact that he's a God of no more chances. There is a moment that God says, I'm done. I've given you a lot of opportunity and you missed it. And I don't think we understand that. We, We like the grace aspect, but when you preach the fact that he's a God of forever chances, when he's not, you miss what grace is all about. And we miss that. And so I want to share with you, I think about our young, young generation, young couples and young singles and all that we have. And I think there's a tremendous ministry going on. And I would encourage you to mark September 30th. It's a moment of not just gathering because community is important. We have a lot of, if you will, uh, house churches that meet with young people in them. But to coming together, but having things instilled in you. And they're going to be talking about on September 30th, really what is time and how are you investing it? I get really excited about time and teaching on time because it's a big deal to me. It's probably the greatest gift that God has given us and the one that we're the worst at. We don't understand the power of time. That's why we just let things happen. We just let things go. We don't even understand that impregnated moment of time. But yesterday we were out celebrating our youngest birthday and my phone went off and it was from Pastor Sheldon. And he was letting me know that uh, a gal that and her husband on her birthday yesterday went for a motorcycle ride and they had an accident. And he died. And the clock keeps ticking. And we just take it for granted, don't we? And in the frailty of the world. And we miss the moment of time. And I'm reminded of those things and we will gather around her and we will wrap around family and we will love them and we'll walk with them in a very difficult moment. Praise be to God, he knew Jesus, right? What about the ones that don't? And then I know people who get all mad at God. Where was God? Where was God? Yeah, that's the God you want. You know, a God where you get to go out and screw up your life and do everything you want and he just keeps bailing you out. And that's the story of the Old Testament. People wanna see him as a bad God. I think he's an amazing God. As we keep being so, if you will, selfish and he keeps bailing us out and bailing us out and finally sends his son Jesus and gives us the greatest gift of all. He's an incredible God of love that we desperately need in a very fragile, very temporal world, that he doesn't owe us anything, but he gave us everything. And when we learn that, time, and our young people, all of us, but young people, you have an opportunity to learn about this gift that God gave and how to really use it, how to, how to structure your life in a way. So I encourage you to write down September 30th. It'll be a, it'll be a game changer. I also encourage you to write down, if you would, October 9th. I shared with you that we had tabled at the movies because some things weren't ready. Well, we're launching at October 9th. And we're going to hit it hard because it's such a series for seven weeks. We took a week off, if you will, uh, from the eight weeks. So we're doing seven weeks that you take film, films that many of us know, but impregnated are these incredible life lessons. And then using the scripture in a powerful way, there's things that we get to say through film that sometimes you can't say in any other way and people are more receptive. What a time to bring your friends that don't know Christ. Please hear this, folks, we're not trying to build a church. We're trying to be the church. People need to meet Jesus, all right? They need to meet Jesus. And so I would encourage you to mark that, I'm excited. But for the next four weeks now, we're gonna talk about you, your life, personally. We're gonna really help you, if you will, grab hold of this amazing gift God gave you, called you. And how God wants to use that in crazy, awesome, amazing ways. And so Mark at the movies, October 9th, start thinking of people that, that you know need to meet Jesus. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that we'll see this place packed, not because we're trying to be a big church, but because we serve a big God and we want people, the people that we love and know that God put in our lives, that they could come to know Christ. What greater gift could happen to someone, right? Right. And so we encourage you to mark that. But for the next four weeks, we're going to be doing something and I'm going to share a little bit more deeper uh, in a way about it. But this week, we covet your prayers because all of our church planters are on their way back for a homecoming. We do it every six months. And so Carmen from Missoula will be coming in and Mania from Omaha and all of our church planters will gather here in this room. They'll be here Thursday night. They'll be here all day Friday. And then Saturday morning, Christina shared with you about, uh, about exponential coming. And I know that some of you are thinking, oh man, you know, I'm gonna actually be going to watch this college football game and that'll change your life. And so I, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that too often we chase, what is it about us that we chase entertainment value and not things that could actually change our life. We're in a significant time, not just our church, but in this country, and these exponentials, I think, I personally, as a pastor, I think is some of the greatest things that we ever offer. And, and I, I, I can't say that enough. And so on Saturday morning, 8.30, but what an opportunity for our church planners as they come home for a homecoming, that they get to see you. They get to hug your neck. You know, they're reminded again of why they were sent out and how much they love this place that they're sharing and caring and taking out into the world. And so I would encourage you to mark your calendar. Let us know. It uh, begins at 830 this Saturday morning. Now, I want to I ask you a question. And, it, and it's, it's a very interesting question. And I'm not asking you to respond out loud your answer. But imagine if God were to offer you one thing. And here it is. Ask me anything you want, and I will give it to you. I want you to think about that for a moment. God himself, right now, he met with you one-on-one, and he said, listen, you can ask me anything you want, and I will make it happen. What would you ask him for? I want you to think about it. Some of you already know the answer. Something you've thought about often. Often. You've rehearsed in your mind and thought, wow, if God could give me this, I would take this. This this would change everything. What would it be? If you have your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, what I just share with you is not a hypothetical idea. It's an event that actually happened. 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 1 says this, Solomon son of David, took firm control of his kingdom. For the Lord his God was with him and made him very powerful. This is a significant moment in the Hebrew lives. The people of God, they had asked for judges. God had given them those judges, but now they wanted a king. They wanted some leader, and God said, you already have a king, right? I'm your king. No, 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 we need someone in flesh and blood. And God anointed a man named Saul. And then a second king came, his name was David. Many of you know the story of David and Bathsheba. And if you don't, then it's a story that you'll hear preached from this pulpit on multiple occasions. It's a story where King David's walking with God, but he did something he shouldn't have done. He stayed in Jerusalem when he was supposed to be out in battle with his men. In a moment of that decision, Satan came along and presented to him a girl bathing. He saw her. Her name was Bathsheba. He liked what he saw. Enough that he had her husband killed and then took her as his wife. She got pregnant, obviously, in that moment of affair. The baby was taken, but the second one is Solomon. Which I love the story because it shows how redeeming God is no matter how bad we can make it if we trust God he can turn it to good and so Solomon is now King David has died verse 2 says so Solomon did something watch this Solomon called together all the leaders of Israel the generals and the captains of the army the judges and all the political and clan leaders watch this Verse three he did something was so important he led the entire assembly to a place of worship. If there's one thing that Solomon learned early on, it was this, you're no leader until you first get at the feet of God. First Peter tells us, James four tells us, those who humble themselves before the God, it's then that God can lift them up. You can give all your life lifting yourself up and that's great, gain the whole world, but lose your soul. What a waste. Our nation doesn't need leaders. Our nation needs godly men and women. Our nation doesn't need someone above looking down that we would look up. We need people who are willing to wash feet. Leaders have but one way they look, and it's this way. It's never this way. The moment you start looking down on people, you're not a leader. You think you're the Lord. There's only one that looks down. And he invited us to look up. And his name was Yahweh. Amen? Amen. Solomon understood. He calls them together and he leads them into a time of worship. If you'll skip down to verse seven now, during that time, something beautiful happens. Watch this. That night, verse seven, that night God appeared to Solomon and said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Solomon doesn't wait long. He understands something that we need to pull apart today. Solomon replied to God, you showed great and faithful love to David, my father. And now you have made me king in his place. Oh Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Here's the ask give me the wisdom and the knowledge to lead them properly. For who could possibly govern this great people of yours? It's a great statement. God said to Solomon because your greatest desire is to help your people notice the other mindedness because your greatest desire is to help your people and you did not ask for wealth riches fame or even the death of your enemies or a long life but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people I will certainly give you the wisdom and the knowledge you requested but but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. Oh, who wouldn't want that? But why in the world would he ask for wisdom? I wonder how many of you, and I'm not asking for a show of hands, that was what your request would have been. Maybe you didn't ask because you don't know what wisdom is. I'm going to tell you what it is here in a minute. But here's what Solomon knew. Solomon knew that wisdom was the secret to everything else that you could ever want. When it comes to money, when it comes to friends, family, success, failure, aging and conflict, everything in your life is wrapped up in this one thing, wisdom. Probably why in Proverbs 4 he wrote this, look at the screen, getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do for if you love it she will make you great she will make you great do we have that on the screen you didn't okay good getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do i wonder how many of us wake up every morning thinking that so let me give you a definition of wisdom write it down here's what wisdom is responding to life as god would That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is responding in life, to life, everything in your life as God would do. You know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But it's more than that. Wisdom isn't what would Jesus do. Wisdom does what Jesus would have done. That's what wisdom is. But that's precisely our problem, isn't it? See, here's what I contend. Most of the time, we don't do as God would do, and we won't do as God would do. And here's why. Because when life comes, one, we either don't know what God's ways are, or number two, we don't want to give up our ways. So let's just call it what it is. out of the very ignorance of how many people call them followers of God and they don't even read the Bible. Of course they don't read the Bible. And therefore when they're in a situation, they have no idea what God would do because they don't know what the truth says. But I'm contented to believe there's a lot of people who don't want to read the truth because they don't want to know the truth because then they'll feel the guilt of what they should have done in the first place. But either way, the end is not good, folks. The end is not good. It's not good. Here's what the Bible says, and you can look at the screen. I want you to read this one out loud with me. We've, we've read it many times. Read it with me. Come on, church. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is death. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the word man out, and I want you to put in the word me. And I want you to read it again. Come on. There is a way that seems right to me, but its end in death. That's what the word seems right means. You ever heard someone use these words? I just trust my natural inclinations. Maybe you've even said it. I just go with my gut feeling. Oh, that's all depending on what you eat, right? (laughs) Okay. How about this one? If it feels so right, how could it be so wrong? Think about all of these things that happen every day of our lives. This is a little harsh word, but there's a word in the Bible for those things. It's called stupid. (laughs) Because here's what you're doing. There's a way that seems right to me. And we just stop there. There's a right way that seems to me. And you know who I am. Of course, we wouldn't say this, but you know who I am. I'm God. That's why I trust my gut. Because I created all human mankind. How could I be wrong? And God goes, that's why it's stupid. Because everything that you think is right is always wrong. Because I've already told you what is right and you don't want to obey it. See, that's the problem, folks. More decisions are made on what we think rather than what he already knows. More decisions are based upon reactions rather than spiritual responses. And no wonder we get ourselves in trouble. But well, allow me to illustrate, one of the things that Kay and I, my wife and I like to do is go to Estes Park. Now, if I had my way, that's where I'd retire. I love Estes Park, her idea is a beach, but it lacks the mountains, you know what I mean? <laughs> It lacks those things. I like the coolness of the air in the morning. She loves the heat on her body. But I like her, so I always try to take her and convince her it's Estes Park. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, but, we, but, but she does like going there in the more summer months. Okay, But one of the things that we like to do is get off the road and explore. Now again, my wife's idea of exploring is as long as there's wheels and a motor underneath us. Her idea of putting a little pack on our back and putting some boots on her feet and let's go find the mountains is not her way of having fun. And by the way, the older I get, I like her way, okay? (laughs) I love it. Nothing like putting a Jeep underneath my feet, right? With no hood on top, that would be, that's awesome. Jeep, J-E, J-E-S-U-S, kind of close, isn't it? Anyway. (laughs) But we like to get on the off-roads. There's a road up there behind, if you will, when you leave Estes called the Fall River Road. Now, if you know Estes, you know what I'm talking about. It's a lot of story and history about that road. But there's other roads as well. So you get in that rental that you picked up at the airport and you find yourself off the road on that gravel and you're making your way and enjoying the beauty in life. It's amazing. You get to see the handiwork of God. Now, from a vacation standpoint, it makes sense. Unfortunately, that's a... lot of people and how they live they get off the road and only to find out that there's a road going nowhere because you find out that it has an end and the only way back is to turn around and go right back where you came from now again if it's a vacation it's fun you get to see it all over the problem with most people is they think that life is about exploring and they enjoy the wonders of the world, but they're going nowhere. Their life has no purpose, only to discover they get to the end and then they have to go all the way back and all of the time they wasted, not even realizing what could have been. And why? Because they lack wisdom. They have no idea what it means to make a wise choice look at Proverbs three, what it says, wisdom is more valuable than precious jewels. We were out at Washington DC a few months back and we went through some of the museums and I have a picture of the hope diamond. I always thought that was fiction. That thing's for real. I stood there looking at it. When I took a picture, I thought, how cool would that be if that was around my wife's neck? And then I thought in this world, she'd be dead the moment she put it around her neck because that's the crazy world we live in. But that thing's priceless. They don't even really have a price on it because they can't really identify what it's really worth. And my Bible just said, wisdom's more valuable than that. Nothing you could want can compare with it. Wisdom offers you long life, wealth, and honor. It can make your life pleasant and lead you safely through it. Those who become wise are happy. The word happy in the Hebrew is ashaw. It's a powerful word. It's not about emotions and feeling. If you read this in the Hebrew, it means this. Those who become wise are blessed. Did you know the word blessed is tied to God? In other words, those who become wise get all that God has for them and desires. I want that. The word asher means they walk straight. They make progress in life. They're not out exploring. They're experiencing all that God had purposed and planned for their life. They're not only led well, they can lead others well. Folks, I want that. Anybody here want that? I want that, right? I want that. That's why we're spending today talking about wisdom in a message I've entitled, Wise Up. Say it with me. Wise up. (laughs) But do you remember that that old commercial where they walk and go, Wise Up. What's up? Remember that one? So I want you to look at somebody and say, wise up, okay? All right. Okay, you're not going to do it, are you? Okay. Here's what I know. Everybody here in this room, let me tell you, I know, I know something about everybody of you that's universal. Everybody here wants a long, healthy, wealthy, honorable, secure, happy life. Only the one who wants attention stands up and goes, no, not me, man. <laughs> okay, I'm just telling you, that, that's an attention thing. Everybody here, everybody here in this room wants a long, healthy, wealthy, honorable, secure, happy life. And you know what the Bible says? You can. But, it's, but it requires wisdom. There's no other way around it. And I'm gonna show you how to get wisdom. If you have your Bibles now, go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter one, anybody here want wisdom? Oh, come on, really? All right, I'd I'd like to believe you all do, okay? Proverbs chapter one, and it's really just two simple steps, writing God's word. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, because I just love how it reads. Proverbs one, beginning of verse one, here's what it says. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. You know, the one who said, get wisdom, it's the best thing you can do. These are his, that God gave him in response to his request. Verse two, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple. I love that because that includes all of us, doesn't it? Knowledge and discernment to the young. So even the young in this room can learn something here. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of all true knowledge. Now watch this. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. A fool would say, I don't want to do what I'm about to tell you, the Bible says to do. So if you have your notes, I wanna give you two key steps to becoming wise. Now, as you're getting ready to write these down, when you came in, you probably saw a table. We called up Crossroads, the Christian bookstore here in town. I love that store and boy, and I want you to know, that's one store I I wanna make sure it doesn't go away. They're impregnated with resources to help God's holy church. We called up Chris Borchard and said, Chris, hey, would you be willing to come? There's nothing that we get out of this. Would you be willing to come and bring all of your Bibles? Because we want to help you, every one of you. I have to tell you, as I look to the next 23 years, ever how long God wants to keep me around and pastor this church, I want to get to that point that every Every weekend, everybody here is carrying their Bible into this house of the Lord. When you got up this morning, you made sure you were dressed, and I, on behalf of everybody here, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Right? That'd be a whole other message, right? <laughs> but you were wise enough to do that, and yet the greatest of resource God really ever gave us is the word of God. I can show you that Jesus said that over and over the scriptures impregnated with everything we need. God cares more about your marriage than you ever will. God cares more about your children than you can ever think. And he gave us everything we need to get that done rightly. Everything about you is in the word. And if you're sitting here right now saying, but I don't understand it, the reason you don't understand is because Satan's done everything to make sure that you don't put it in your hand and bring it. I'll help you understand it. We're two weeks into the Old Testament. We have roughly almost 300 of our people going through this. And in two weeks, we already have people saying, it's changing my life. I never saw the word of God that way. I never understood that, that this was the God. The power, it's not me. It's the power of the word that it does not return void. It actually is living and active and can do things that you can't imagine. There's power in it. God knows what he's doing. Think about it. The smartest people in the world are trying to take it out of every place that you can imagine. Why are they? Because the power's in there and they want it in themselves. There's power in the word. There's power, unbelievable. And we need to be in the word of God and I want to do everything I can help you. And so you need to understand that this is a moment in time. It's a moment in time that we want you to get the word of God, but we're not going to help you with it. I want you to make the investment. I want you to make whatever sacrifices. Listen, I'd rather have some of you not eat all week and buy a Bible today. If you look around our world, that wouldn't be bad, right? But I'm here to tell you, it is the greatest investment you can make. And I wanna help you every way I can to make it. And we're hoping that next week they'll be here and the following week and for the next three weeks, we wanna get you in the word of God because when it comes to, to at the movies, we have devotionals every day based upon the word of God. On these films we're watching that we can get you in the word. We're gonna do everything we can because there's power in the word of God. It is the most unbelievable changing force that you could have. And so it's the key to wisdom. So here's step number one. If we're gonna become wise, we have to read God's word. We have to read God's word. I mean, how many here would love to know how to act in every situation? Anybody here wanna know how to actually do the right thing in every circumstance? Wouldn't you love to have that in your life? Would you know what the Bible says? You can and you will if you read God's word. It's a guarantee. And yet what baffles me is how many people have access to the greatest of resource and yet they don't, and they won't access it. Hey, let, me, let me, for a show of hands, let's just have some fun here. Does anyone in the room believe everything they watch on TV? Lord, I was hoping that would happen. No one would raise their hand, okay? Does anyone here believe everything you hear on the radio? Does anyone here believe everything you read in the newspaper? And yet how much time do we give to watching, listening, and reading to something we don't even believe? And yet how little time we give to God's word that you can trust everything that's written. You see how seductive the devil is? He wants to steal away because he understands the power in God's word. And he, he can keep you out of it. He can mess everything about your life. I heard it once said, the secret to your future is hidden in your daily routines. Whatever you want in your future, it's hidden in your daily routines. In fact, you might want to write this down. Excellence is not an act. It's a habit. Excellence is not an act. It's a habit. Folks, look at this. This isn't God's word out of 2 Timothy. All scripture, all scripture, this entire book, all scripture is inspired by God. The actual translation, and some of you probably have it. It's God breathed. It's the very breath of God. I don't know about you, but I want to suck on that. Everything in the Bible is God-breathed. It comes forth out of his lungs, gives us oxygen in every way we can. And the Bible says, and it's useful. Do you know what the word useful means? You can trust it. Look what it says. To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Right? It's no wonder Theodore Roosevelt once stated, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than any college education. It's a whole lot more than that. Folks, I know this. You can have a PhD and discover the cure for cancer and still go to hell. Because all the cure for cancer did was just prolong the inevitable. You're still going to die and have to face the Almighty. The greatest cure for anything is Jesus Christ. All right? <laughs> And that's found in the treasure, unbelievable treasure of God's word. If you want more purpose and direction in your life, better relationships, deeper joy, it's all right here in God's word. But, you all know how much I love buts. Anybody know what kind of butts I love? Big butts. okay? I love saying that. Watch this. Everything we need is found in the word of God, but... But it's step number two. If you want wisdom, you have to do what it says. It's not just found in the reading. It's found in the obedience of. That's when wisdom comes in. Did you know that 85% of U.S. households own a Bible? Did you know that? 85% of the United States people own a Bible. In fact, the average number of Bibles per household is 4.3. And yet they tell us only 33% read it once a week or more. And they wonder, and they wonder, how's our world ever going to change? It's right there, folks. Proverbs 7 verses 1 and 2 says, never forget what I tell you. Do what I say and you will live. He's not talking about you'll keep breathing. He talks about the abundance of what I have for you. Do what it says, do what it says. Be careful to follow it, follow it. Think about it this way. Let's say you're taking a trip to London and your flight plan, your flight plan takes you over the polar ice cap, okay? You're going over to the Queen's funeral and you fly over the polar ice cap, okay? As you're flying over, your plane starts going down. Everybody is killed except you, you survive, But thanks be to God, before it went down, you found a little book inside the seat pocket entitled, How to Survive the Arctic Cold. And you're like, oh, and you put it in your pocket. Plane goes down, everybody perishes except you. So you start reading it over and over and again and again, and you still freeze to death. Does anybody know why? You didn't do what it said. You didn't do what it said. And James says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. See, I think a lot of so-called Christians are deceivers because they're only good with intention, not retention. They come, they listen, but they do nothing with what they hear. In fact, what breaks my heart is most people, they want to argue what they think the Bible says rather than obey what God already said. It just blows my mind. In fact, let me use one very profane word that gets used in the Bible, tithing. Okay? I know some of you are going, ah, here we go again. It's all about money. Of course. I just, which is so funny to me. And I'm going to keep saying that you're sitting there thinking that right now. You don't put anything in the tape, the, the, the offering plate anyway. So what do you care? All they want is my money. You don't give it. So what do you care? See, that's just odd to me. I don't care about your money. I don't care if you ever give it. I'm still going to love you and tell you about Jesus. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. But now watch this. I can't believe how many people come up to me, they've never tithed and they wanna tell me, well, I'm not sure, that's really biblical. They wanna argue with me and yet my wife and I started tithing when we couldn't afford it on paper. And when I turned 50, I'm totally debt free. I own everything in my life, how about you? So I don't understand why you argue with me when I've done it because God's word said it and I'm experiencing the blessing. You're financially poor and stuck and struggling And you won't do what God says and you wonder why you're still a mess. See, it's the power of God's word. It's how it works. It comes with serving. It comes with all of these things in our lives. When we put God first in every area of our life, guess what happens? Seek first the kingdom of God. I'll take care of all the other stuff. And you know what he's doing in my life? Taking care of all the other stuff. It's crazy how it works. It absolutely works. As one commentary writer put it, the growing numbers of sermon sippers who skim from one doctrinal dessert to another are like helpless hummingbirds who are deceiving themselves. I call them snorkelers because snorkeling's cheap because they're not willing to go through all of the schooling it takes to become a certified diver so they can go down below and really experience all that could be. I call them soakers who sit in the tub, but they never allow themselves to be fully submerged. Sippers, snorkelers, soakers. Folks, listen to this. This book has no power sitting on your coffee table. This book, in many ways, has no power if you just read it. Do you know where the power is? In the application when Jesus takes the loaves and the fish and he breaks them, when he gives them back to the disciples, are you ready for this? It was the same amount of bread. It was the same amount of fish. When the disciples took it back, they're looking at it. I just wonder if they're going, uh. And then they looked out the crowd and went, uh. But Jesus said what? Take it and do. And when they started passing it out in obedience to Christ, guess what happened? The bread began to multiply. The multiplication happens in your hands in obedience. When we do what the word of God says, that's when the change starts happening. It's unbelievable power. One of the greatest math equations I've ever heard, and I wish I could write it up on a board for you, is this. Read God's word continually. Apply it actively equals life read God's word continually plus actively applying it will read to life which is wisdom I'm gonna invite the team out James 1:25 says this but the one who has looked intently at the perfect law the law of freedom because that's what the Bible is it actually gives us freedom this is what it's, it's unbelievable the life of it but look what it says the one who looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer but an active doer, this person will be blessed in what he does. This person will experience success, all that God has. So let me begin where it all began. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. For if you love it, she'll make you great. She'll make you great. When we humble ourselves before God, do what Jesus called us to, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of my mouth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Over and over we see it, the power, the impregnated. The prophet Isaiah, Peter would quote, you can read it in 1 Peter chapter one, he says, all the flowers of the field will pass, In fact, Jesus said this, even the heavens will pass away, but not my word. That one will mess with you. But the flowers will fade and the grasses will wither, but the word of God will last forever. In chapter two, he says, like a newborn baby, then long for the pure milk of the word of God that you would grow in your salvation. Like a child on his mom's breast, A child draining on a bottle, hungry to grow, knowing what that nourishment does, how much greater the word of God, right? So I want to encourage you afterwards. i want to pray out in the Welcome Center. I would encourage you if you don't have a Bible, maybe it's time to look at one that would be a good study. Pastor Reed will be out there. He'll be glad to help. Some of our other pastors will be out there. Chris, his wife, his team will be out there. They'll help you find that Bible. People always ask me about translations and I got to tell you, I just don't get all lost in those right now. I got to tell you, I just want to see people in the word. (laughs) Just get them in the word. (laughs) Wow. I'm so grateful for all these different ways that we can read God's word, but get into the word and experience the power and watch the wisdom that rises. Please, Please let me finish with this. People ask me all the time, how do you hear the Holy Spirit? Cause they've heard me say things like I was, I was in my prayer time and God spoke to me and they go, I want that. Can I tell you that it happens? The Holy Spirit will never contradict this book. The number one way that you want to get in tune with the Holy Spirit is start being in the word of God consistently and actively do it and be obedient to it. And you'll be amazed what begins to transform in your life that God begins to speak in unbelievable ways. You want to hear the voice of the Lord? Start here. In a lot of ways, you don't need another voice. Everything we need is right here in this book. And if we'll get into it, you'll be amazed what will transform in your life. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you so much that you loved each one of us to get us a copy, the unbelievable resource that we have access to, God. And the devil's gonna do everything he can to try to keep us busy. He's gonna try to keep us distracted. He's gonna try to do everything to keep us out of it because he knows. That your word does not return void. God, I pray that you would give me more wisdom that I can fathom in the same prayer of Solomon that I would lead your people rightly. God, I want to be a voice for you to show people how to be in the word, to read it. To watch it do what it promises it would do. God, imagine a people God, not using the word as a club, but this love letter that we would absorb it. We would completely immerse ourselves in it. Not to argue a point, but to be more in the likeness of you. God, our our lives will never be the same. And today's a first step for many people that they would stop and go, okay, I'm gonna get a Bible and we'll help them. God, what a beginning. They don't have to worry about where they've been. What a beautiful beginning today. And that we would get in it in every way. God, I say thanks. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone says, amen. amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it, and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories, and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you, and we believe in you. God bless.